Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. Happy Tuesday to all of you. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. You guys know me. I'm Dr. Lauren Noel, and I'm your host. And I uh, just wanted to apologize for last week's show. The audio was just awful on Blog Talk Radio, so we only could do half the show live, and then we had to actually record part of the show, and then I uploaded it. So it should be there ready to listen to now. But sorry for you guys who are on the line listening to the call. It was a little crazy. But I had my friend Camille Macri's on the show. She's the author of Paleogasm, which is a wonderful cookbook, and uh, it's now available um, on her website, RecipeRx.com. If you guys didn't get to hear that on the show, you can go and check out um, her book, and also any of the archive shows are on the iTunes podcast library. If you just type in Dr. Low Radio, you can find all of the shows. I think there's like 67 of them now. So we are definitely uh, stacking up some really great content for you guys. And thanks again for the support and um, loving, loving doing this show and being able to uh, you know really contribute to you guys. And I know you're getting a lot out of it. Um, Facebook.com slash Dr. Low Noel is my Facebook page and Twitter.com slash Dr. Low, sorry, Dr. Lauren Noel. And uh, if you'd like to call and ask a question tonight, 818-495-6919. I'm super excited about tonight's show. This is, um, actually, this has kind of been happening lately where there's a topic I'm really into, like, for example, for this show, I really needed to become a morning person. <laughs> I was having a really hard time getting up in the morning. I was like, what the heck is going on? Because that's something that patients come into me all the time. They're like, I can't get up. So I helped them, and I was doing some of my own you know, advice, and I just wasn't really finding myself jumping out of bed. So I looked on Amazon for some ideas and some you know, tips that could help me, and I found this book, The Miracle Morning, and I tried it, and I absolutely loved it. So that's why I was like, you know what? i got to have this guy on the show. Let's see if, if he says yes, and sure enough, he did, like most people do. I always think people are going to say no, but they always say yes, so I should just get over myself. And um, I think it's going to be a really great show. I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it because I, I hear it all the time from patients. Just People just press the snooze button over and over and over again and just can't get up. I think part of it is biochemical, part of it's probably hormonal, nutritional deficiencies, blah, blah, blah. But I think a lot of it is people are just disconnected from what they want to create in their life. And they're just blah. They just feel super blah and depressed, I think. And so I think that how will give us a lot of uh, nice you know, perks and give us some good information of how we can turn this thing around. And definitely want to check out his book, Miracle Morning. Before I bring him on the air, though, just want to let you guys know, um, next week's show with Christine Arillo, she's the author of Madly in love with me um uh, that is going to be rescheduled for march instead of next week's show with her i'm going to have um a nutritional cosmetic chemist on the show she creates the most amazing natural skincare at home and is going to give you guys some really great tips of how you can incorporate this into your own home uh routine of how you can put together some really great natural skincare things we're going to talk about natural cures for acne for wrinkles, for rashes, for psoriasis. This lady is so incredibly smart. I've been able to pick her brain, and I was like, she's got to be on the show. So that's going to be next week's show. And then uh, Chris, 
Christine Arillo will be rescheduled for March. Okay? So for tonight's show, we have Hal Elrod on. He's the author, like I said, of The Miracle Morning. He's a multiple-time best-selling author. He's a Hall of Fame business achiever. He's an in-demand keynote speaker, international success coach, and ultra-marathon runner. And he's been known as Yo Pow Hal since hosting his first radio show at age 15. He became a national record-breaking sales rep for a $200 million marketing company at age of 19. But really, his, tr- his greatest triumph became at age 20 when he was hit head-on by a drunk driver and found dead at the scene. I'll let him tell you guys a lot more about that experience. I'm sure he has lots of uh, great (laughs) memories to share with us about that and how he was able to overcome that. Hal has appeared on dozens of TV and radio shows across the country. He's been featured in numerous books, including The Education of Millionaires and the all-time best-selling Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He has two books, Taking Life Head-On and The Miracle Morning, which we are going to be highlighting on the show tonight. So, Hal, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Dr. Lowe Radio. Dr. Lowe, I'm grateful to be here. Great to have you. I was just uh, watching some of your YouTube videos, and I was kind of feeling, you know, sometimes work can kind of, you know, kind of get to you, and it can be sometimes a little bit tough, depending on the type of energies that come through the clinic, and, and I was feeling like I needed a little pick-me-up, you know, and even just huh. watching your video for like five minutes, I'm I'm ready to go, so thank you for that. Awesome. Uh, you're <laughs> welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, so tell us a little about your story, because it is incredible. I mean, I was not expecting that intro of your book. I was just expecting some tips to get out of bed in the morning, and my <laughs> job literally dropped when I read about your story. So tell us a little bit about what your story has been like and what brought you to creating this book, ultimately. Yeah, um, so uh, for me, uh, you know, you mentioned I, I was a record-breaking sales rep and all that. I, I, uh, at 19, I started in sales, and uh, I had broke some records. And so the, my, my, you know, the company that I worked for was like, hey, you got to speak at our next conference. And so they had me speak at a conference, and I was kind of hooked. And so I kept up the sales, and really just so I could keep talking in front of people at conferences. But um, about a year and a half after I started in sales, I was driving home from, uh, from giving a speech and uh, really on top of the world. I mean, I had just bought my, a brand-new Ford Mustang with my own you know, hard-earned money. I was uh, living on my own. Like at 19, I was uh, really, really doing well. College, first year was at college was behind me. And coming home, I was hit um, by another vehicle traveling 70 miles an hour, as was I. We were both on the freeway. Uh, I was in my Ford Mustang. He was in a much larger vehicle, a, a full-size Chevy truck, and uh, he had been drinking. He had left the bar after a couple of beers, and uh, it was late at night, 11.30 at night, December 3rd, freezing cold winter night, and uh, his car collided with mine head-on at you know 140-mile-an-hour impact between the two of us. And um, I don't remember seeing his you – know, I'm always asked, why didn't you move out of the way, or you know, what, did you see the lights? I, I don't remember any of that. Um, but uh, my car, my little Ford Mustang hit him head on. My airbags exploded. I was probably knocked unconscious, and my car went spinning into the lane next to me. And the worst was yet to come as the car behind me hit my door at 70 miles an hour for full force into my driver's side door, crushing the left side of my body. And uh, I broke 11 bones on the left side of my body, including my femur, uh, compound fracture in my femur, compound fracture in my humerus, broke my pelvis in three places, uh, severed my radial nerve, broke all the bones around my eye, uh, my ear was almost complete. Anyway, I don't want to get too graphic for you guys, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a pre- pretty bad scenario. Um, it took them an hour to get me out of the car, and when they did, I was actually, I died. Um, I bled to death. I, I, was, I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes uh, on the side of the freeway as the ambulance, you know, they 
paramedics tried to revive me and get me back to life and uh, spent six days in a coma and came out of the coma to face the most unimaginable reality that you know that you could imagine. Uh, had really be- really severe brain damage. Literally had almost no short term memory. Uh, Dr. Laura, you could visit with me all morning. You know, go to lunch at the cafeteria in the hospital. Come back and I would tell you every story again that I, you know I'd say, Oh, Dr. Laura, did you know I was in an accident? <laughs> literally mm. had no memory. And uh, doctors said I would never walk again. And um, uh, three weeks later, I took my first step. Uh, four weeks later, I left the hospital, got back to work against doctor's orders, won another sales contest four days out of the hospital, and uh, I, I, I did have the sympathy thing going for me. I don't, I don't deny that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and so that was kind of my you – know, I, I say there's been two rock bottoms in my life, and that was essentially my first rock bottom, although to me it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it allowed me to – uh, share my message, and, and you know, I, I, I for a long time was talking to high school and college students, still do that, sharing my story, and if it wasn't for the story, I wouldn't have written my first book, you know, Taking Life Head On, so everything happens for a reason, and I really, really am grateful uh, for for the, the whole experience. Yeah, and and it was really your your perspective, your view of that experience, because, you know, that could have happened to anyone, and they could have just let that get them down. But for you, I mean, you just decided this is what it is, right? That you just accepted that this happened and then you just kept on moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time. It was actually a few years later or quite a few years later when I read Eckhart Tolle's book, um, Power of Now. Yeah. That it art- he articulated what I had done in the hospital that allowed me to be mentally okay and emotionally okay. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I read his book, I'm like, oh, that's why I was so happy in the hospital. <laughs> and um, the, you know, the, there's a funny story. I, whenever I give my keynote, I always tell this story of how my, uh, the doctors called my mom and dad in one day about two weeks after the crash. So I'd only been out of, out of a coma for about a week. I hadn't taken a, a step yet, still hadn't mm-hmm. walked, didn't know if I ever would. And the doctors called my parents in and they said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Elrod, we're very concerned with Hal. Um, we believe he's in denial because every time we see your son, he's always smiling and laughing and joking and making us laugh, and that's not normal. Um, they said, so we, we believe that he is completely just blocking out his reality because it is so painful for him to accept, and he's just living in this imaginary world where he's just distracting himself with TV and friends and you know. So they said, we want, can you go in and talk to him and, you know, see if you can get, get him to really face his feelings, you know, cry, whatever, you know, have him, you know, yell, whatever, just get him to admit the way he's really feeling. Right. And so my parents were naturally concerned, and my dad came in uh, that, you know, later that day, and I didn't know this conversation had happened with the doctor, but my dad comes in and he goes, he sits down next to the bed, and I, I did have a lot of visitors coming, you know, and uh, so he, he caught me with no visitors, and he sat down. He got real serious, kind of somber, and he said, "Hal, can I uh, can I can I talk to you for for a minute?" And I turned <laughs> off the TV. I said, "Yeah, Dad, what what's going on? And you know, am I going to die or something? Like this doesn't look like good. I'm, I'm still joking, right? I'm like this doesn't yeah. look like good news." And he goes, "No, no, 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 no. I just uh, on a serious note, he said, um, how are you feeling? I know when your friends are here and you're laughing and joking, but how are you really feeling when the lights are out at night, when there's no distractions, when there's no TV, and you're thinking about?" your future, you're thinking about what happened to you, are you are you sad, are you depressed, are you angry because Lord knows your mom and I want to kill that, you know, kill the drunk driver, right? <laughs> and I, I could tell he was really concerned, you know, it was just the, the tone of his voice, I, I wasn't used to seeing my dad like that, like he was about to about to cry, and 
I really thought about his, his questions. I thought, am I sad? Am I depressed? Am I angry? And I, I thought, and I thought, no. I said, Dad, I thought you knew me better than that. I live by the five-minute rule. I learned that in sales. It's okay to be negative sometimes, but not for more than five minutes. There's no mm-hmm. point in dwelling on something you can't change. You accept it, and you decide to make the best of it. You know, I mean, it's like age-old wisdom, but it's so simple. But doing it is, you know, most people don't live that way. They've, I've heard that before, right? Right. So anyway, so that was it. Is is it was the opposite of what the doctors thought. Is I wasn't faking being happy because I couldn't accept it. I was genuinely happy because I knew the only logical choice I had was to fully accept all things that I couldn't change and focus on what I could. So that's how mm. kind of how I how I got through that. Super inspiring. So so that was your your first, you know, rock bottom. Then what happened with your second one? So my second one um is uh, you know, yeah, the topic kind of, or the the, the inspiration for the set, for the new book, and I, I I say honestly, it was worse than the first. And people have trouble. How could it be worse than being dead? You know, like right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I can't imagine. You know, it's like their their ears perk up. Like, all right, this has got to be pretty good. So, right. um, but here's what happened is, uh, you know, I, I went back after my accident, got back to in my sales career. And by the way, I sold Cutco for that. that I don't know if you ever heard of Cutco before. Uh huh. Yep. But I was going to Cutco's top sales reps, and I went back to work. Um, went and had my best couple years ever. Uh, then I went and uh, I, I ended up hitting Hall of Fame with the company when I was 25. I hit Hall of Fame, one of their youngest ever, and I really felt like I had kind of achieved the pinnacle with 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 that you know that 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 sales venture. And I thought I want. Actually, a friend of mine said, "Hal, you got to share your story, man. You got to write a book like you." You died and came back, and I just for me, I took it for granted. I was like, yeah, I died, yada yada yada. I literally would right. yada 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 all the time. And uh, <laughs> he goes, like, you, you got. It. If I were you, I would write a book. And I'm like, I'm not a writer though. So anyway, I wrote the book. Um, it, it did, it did pretty well. Uh, launched my speaking career, my coaching career, and I was, I left, I retired from Cutco, and life was great. This was 2007, I think, when life was great. I had bought my first house. Uh, just everything was going really well. And all of a sudden, you might have been aware of that the whole economy crashed, right, around 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. And uh, when the economy crashed, half of my, my, my primary income was coaching at that time, uh, business and life coaching. And half of my clients, their their businesses suffered, their income suffered, and they couldn't afford to pay for their coaching. So long story short, almost overnight, my income was cut in half. Mm. And uh, I couldn't afford to pay my bills. I had to live off of credit cards. Um, I accumulated fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Um, uh, was uh, oh ended up uh, losing my house back to the bank. And as a result of so much uncertainty and fear and 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 just a, a and I know so many you know I'm not the only person that experienced this. It was a very common story for you know so many especially Americans that. Um, I, I for the first time in my life I got totally depressed, and I had never mm. been depressed before. So if you're being, you know, being depressed is hard. Being depressed, though, like really the first time in your life, I, I didn't even know how to handle it, and it was it was so it just messed with my identity, Doctor Laura, because mm. I was a a success coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like my yeah. my job was my identity was i help people overcome their challenges and i was drowning in debt i was dr- you know i was just and so i got totally depressed I, I i stopped exercising i literally could barely get out of bed in the morning and so the reason that i say that that then that was my second rock bottom it was you know hopeless losing my home everything else 
and I say it was my my worst rock bottom because um, there was no one there to support me. There was no one there to help me. When I was in the hospital, I was showered with love and affection. And, and, and if I needed something, there was a doctor or a nurse or my mom or my dad or my sister right. or a friend. Right? There were people there to make sure I was okay. And this was scary because I, you know, I was a grown-up now, right? I mean, uh, I didn't feel like it. I mean, I was 25 at the time, I think, something like that. And you still, still feel like a big kid, but, um, but I was losing it. And uh, so that was my second rock bottom. And I'll, I'll, I'll pause, and if you have any thoughts or questions or inter, you know, want to interject, but I'm happy to then share uh, kind of how, how I turned that around faster than I ever thought possible. Yeah, so so basically you you asked a friend, right? What what he or he he shared that in the morning when he feels down, he goes running. And you tried you yeah. gave that a try and then the the whole like inspiration for the miracle morning came to you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a friend of mine, I, I finally like I didn't want to admit to anybody that I was depressed cuz I, I I was again, I was I was a coach. It wasn't, you know, wasn't okay. And so, um finally admitted to a friend. Yeah, he said go on a run. I said I'm not a runner went on the run, and I had this realization that um, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn, and he said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success mm-hmm. is something you attract by the person you become. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope everyone listens to that because it was in that moment when I realized I'm not becoming a more capable, confident, you know, knowledgeable version of myself uh, in other words, I'm staying the same, therefore my outer world is staying the same, my life is staying the same. If I mm-hmm. want to improve my life, right, if on a scale of 1 to 10, we're measuring our success or our health or our happiness or our relationships, would you say we all want level 10 success in any area, correct? Yep, yep, I think so. And I realized I, I, was, I was keeping myself at like a level 2. Mm-hmm. And you see that disconnect. You know, you look at the average person, it's like they want a level 10 marriage. Well, are you becoming a level 10 partner, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you want level mm-hmm. 10 finances. Are you are you becoming a level 10 knowledgeable, you know, I, I mean, in terms of your knowledge related to building and increasing finances? And so I ran home at that moment, and I was inspired. I thought, I have to dedicate time every day to my personal development. And I, and I remember Tony Robbins. I'm sure you've probably heard the hour of power, right? Tony mm-hmm. Robbins talked about that before. Yeah. And so I ran home, sat down, opened my planner. I was like, all right, I need to do an hour of power. I need my hour of personal development. And I'm looking at my schedule and my planner. I'm going, uh, when? Right? That was mm-hmm. the first challenge. Right. And I think most people, it's like, but when? I'm so, for me, I was so swamped just surviving. Right? Just right. like getting through the day. And, and the only, the only you know, uh, peace of mind I had was knowing that I could crawl into bed and escape my problems for eight hours of unconsciousness like that was my literally, literally. and um i mean you know it's a, i know men i'm not i know it's a prank more common than than you know than uh than we'd like to say that, that oh i, that I a think lot people, people I, I think people feel like that all the time that's why they don't want to get up out of bed is because their sleep is their only time to escape their their problems so i i think a lot of people are probably nodding their heads listening to this like they get it yeah yeah and so um so I sat there. I looked at my schedule. I thought, when am I going to do this? When am I? I thought, okay, during the day, I'm, I've, you know, I've got calls. I'm working. I, there's no time. I thought maybe in the evening after work. But I usually work till 9 p.m. And the in the evening was the only time to spend with my my at the time my fiance now my wife. I thought so. I, the evenings were out. Not to mention I'm I'm hardly coherent, let alone focused at 9, 10 at night, right? Yeah. And then I'm looking at the morning, but I'm already waking up at 6 a.m. because I have to. 
you know, and I talk about, as you know in the book, most people get out of bed not because they want to, because they have to. And it's a really negative energy to resist the act of waking up, which is really resisting the act of living to the fullest, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking in the morning, I'm thinking, I'd have to wake up at 5 a.m. to do this. There's no way. And this voice in my head from one of my mentors, Kevin Bracey, says, if you want your life to be different, you have to be willing to do something different first. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, damn it. <laughs> He's right. And I, I schedule, my hand is like trembling over the paper. I write 5 a.m., personal development. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to keep a, a long story short, you, you've read the book. You're like, all right, I, I get to the, you know, get to the good stuff. I know this part. Um, but uh, but anyway, so that here's the cool part though. That night, I, I go, okay, well, what am I going to do tomorrow? So I've, now I've got the win. I go, okay, I'm going to do it in the morning. And I realize if I do it in the morning, that is not only is that the time that really I only have time, but I'll be motivated. I'll be energized. If I have a, if I have an hour of like time in the morning where I give to myself knowledge and, and, and you know just just peace of mind whether it's through meditation or, or reading or exercising what a great way to start every day mm-hmm. so i start to get excited and um i start to get excited and i think what am i going to do and i start just brainstorming what are the things that i've been told over the years that i've read in books that i should do but i've never stuck with and i wrote mm-hmm. down reading you know I've, i always start a book never finish it that was my mo right <laughs> I thought journaling, wrote that down, journaling. Um, affirmations, I had just been reading this book, Think and Grow Rich, and it, you know, affirmations, yeah. he said, greatest thing ever. Um, uh, meditation, visualization, right? Exercise, so I write these things down, and I think, what if I do, there were six practices. I think, what if I do 10 minutes each over the course of an hour? 10 minutes of visualization, meditation, affirmations, exercise, reading, journaling. I thought that would be amazing. So I get excited that night. I could hardly I'm excited to fall asleep for the first time in 6 months since the mm. economy crashed. The next morning the alarm clock goes off and instead of oh god, I don't want to get out of I'm like, "Oh, cool. It's here. My my first hour of personal development is here." I literally bounce out of bed, go in the living room. I already had everything laid out. My journal, uh my my affirmation, everything was laid out, and I go through the hour and the bottom line is I felt so good. I felt mm. so inspired, so empowered, and I had had the best day in I had had in six months combined, and it was only six a.m. Mm. And I and that went on for you know for basically two months of doing that every day, and I ended up loving it so much that I went from five a.m. after a week to four a.m., which <laughs> I thought was crazy, but it felt amazing. To getting out of bed for the first time in who knows how long was ama- It was exciting. And um, mm-hmm. within two months, I more than doubled my income because that morning hour gave me the clarity plus the books I was reading gave me new knowledge to solve, make a plan, turn my situation around. And within two months, I had completely transformed my life again to, so fast that it felt like a miracle, and I started calling it the miracle morning. So mm-hmm. That kind of brings us up to the, the, when this thing was born was during that time. Yeah, and then you wrote this book, and what have you seen come out of this whole movement that's been created? It's crazy. <laughs> um, well, the crazy thing is, is I, re- I recorded an audio like two or three months after I first did it, and I put it online for free. There was like it was just a fr- an audio; it was free. It was kind of casual, and it was me teaching the Miracle Morning. It was a sixty-minute audio. In fact, people can, if they go to miraclemorning.com, they can get that audio. They can get a 17-minute video training from me and two free chapters of the new book. So miraclemorning.com. 
But I put the audio up online, and it was passed around via word of mouth. I did no advertising, no social media. Well, I didn't even get a Facebook account back then, you know, 2006, <laughs> 2007. Um, and uh, it was downloaded like 6,000 times in a matter of months. Mm. And that's when the movement started, and that's where I, I didn't write the book because I was like, ooh, this will make a cool idea for a book. I wrote it for two reasons. Number one, because I have literally received hundreds and hundreds of emails from that audio saying that this, that the Miracle Morning changed people's lives more than anything else they had ever learned. And a lot of them were like, I've read all the books. I've done all the programs. This is the first thing that completely has changed my life. Yeah. And so I wrote the book out of a sense of responsibility to share that with other people. Yeah. And also to cut down on work of having to keep tell pe- telling people what it yeah. is, right? <laughs> exactly. And it was hard. It was I'm not uh, writing is a pain for me, you know. Um so it took me 6 years to write my first book after the accident and it took me 6 years to write The Miracle Morning after, you know, after I first started it. Well, I'm glad that you did because it really it helped me and um I'm going to have a girlfriend of mine. We're going to I'm going to like really challenge her and me to do it together for like the next 30 days and like really do it. Cool. <laughs> so, Very cool. Let you know how That's it goes. Cool. Yeah, so keep I love, me updated. I will. In your book you write about the 95% reality check and I I just when I, when I was reading it I was just nodding. So tell us a little bit of what is the 95% reality check? Uh, yeah, the 95% reality check, it was actually it was the title of a keynote message I gave like a year and a half ago or a year ago, and I got such great feedback, I thought, this has got to be in the book. And it's basically the idea that if you really think about it, 95% of our society, and that you know that's, that's an arbitrary number, it might be 92%, it might be 97%, I don't know, but roughly 95% of our society are not living the life they really want. And in fact, they are struggling. The majority of our society is struggling on almost every level. If you think about it, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, people are struggling, right? You look at the divorce rate, right? That relationally, 50% of people or marriages or more are ending in divorce. My mom and dad just got a divorce after like 30 years of marriage, right? It's crazy. Mm. Um, it just, you know, just, I'm, I'm very present to that struggle. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. physically. I mean, the, the obesity rate and, and you know, there's and energy levels, right? Why is Five Hour Energy a billion dollar company, right? Because people right. can't get through the day without some sort of stimulant. They're struggling physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know, the depression and and the medications prescribed for different disorders like stress, anxiety, depression are at an all time high. So you look at that and you go, okay, the majority of our society is struggling, and the reality check is this: if you and I if you, me, everyone on this, you know, listening to this, if we don't think and live, when I say live, I mean behave differently than most people, the 95%, we will end up like most people. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. If you go ask the average person that's struggling in any area of their life, you know, I always, like, when I go speak to high schools, I always say, go ask, you know, somebody you know that's in their, like, 40s or 50s that's, you know, they're, they don't like their job and they're not happy and they're always complaining, they're struggling. Go ask them, hey, when you were my age, was this, like, your vision for your right. life? Right? Was this the plan? And I said, what, I always ask them, what do you think they're going to say? Of course that wasn't their plan. And that's terrifying. I always tell the kids, you know, the high school students, guys, that's terrifying because that means that 95% of our society didn't plan to struggle. They ended up that way, and therefore, if you don't start living differently than all of your friends, 
right? If right. You, you know, grab your friends and take them with you. But you've got to start living like the five percent of our society does, right? And of course, I give them the tips and strategies on how to do that. You know, reading and of course, the Miracle Morning combines a lot of those practices. But but that's it. Is the idea we, we need a wake up call? Life is yeah. not going to work out for you if you're not loving your life right now. It's not going to change in five years. Right. <laughs> You've got it. You have to change. Like my mentor Kevin Bracy said, if you want your life to be different, you have to be willing to do something different first. So that's that reality check. And someone gave that to me. Luckily, a mentor gave me that reality check when I was like 20. You know, and that's why I speak to high school students because I'm like they need that at a young age. You know, and but I think you're, ne- you're never too young or old to hear it. Yeah, and also for them to know that if you're acting like the 5%, you're going to look a little weird for probably a while, and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. When I started selling <laughs> knives, right, you know, you know, and, and, and talking to my parents about positive thinking and all of it, you know, it's like they're like, well, just, what are you doing? Get a real job. Get a normal job, you know. Oh, man. Well, when I first chose naturopathic medicine as my profession, trust me, people were raising some eyebrows going, what the heck is she doing? Sure. But, hey, and, there, and now I get to do what I love. So I'll I'll be happy to be the 5%. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one, one other thing you write in, in your book, you talk about the rear view mirror syndrome. And this is so incredibly true. And I think it really trips people up from really moving forward and creating something powerful in their life. What is the rear view mirror syndrome and how can we get around that? Yeah, rearview mirror syndrome, and I, I think that was in the – it might have been in the 95% reality check chapter as one of the causes of, of you know of unfulfilled potential and, and mediocrity. And it's the idea that we constantly live our lives uh, and we make our decisions with this, this rearview mirror that is stored somewhere in our subconscious mind where every time we're faced with a new – basically every day, we, we're faced with a, a new opportunity or a new challenge – we, we tend to check the rearview mirror, and again, it's often unconscious. We check it, and we see, how have I responded in the past? So when, when opportunity has arised, how have I responded in the past? And, oh, oh, I failed at it, or I didn't really try it, or I, I, you know, I, I hid, I cowered. Okay, that's what I do. And we live this identity based on who we were, and we mistakenly think that that's who we are. That we're mm-hmm. that we can't we're stuck that you know not getting any better and the same thing when a challenge arises we check the rearview mirror and go oh what you what do I usually do when life gets hard oh I usually give up right I usually throw in the towel I usually take the easy route and I and I even say the rearview mirror syndrome it shows up for every single one of us when the alarm clock goes off in the morning mm-hmm. right that's the first your first opportunity to turn the rearview mirror up tomorrow and go I don't care what I did the last. 10, 20 years of my life, right? I'm getting out of bed. And, 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 and the quote that sums it up in terms of kind of overcoming it is the idea that where you are in your life right now, where you are in your marriage, in your career, in your, you know, any area of your life right now is a result of who you were. Not who you are. It's a result of who you were, but where you go depends entirely on who you choose to be. And the mm-hmm. idea is if you want to join that 5%, you've got to, you've got to uh, uh, commit and acknowledge that it doesn't matter who you were. You are just as capable, and this is one of my favorite affirmations, you are just as capable, worthy, and deserving of blank, right? Fill in the blank. Extraordinary success, health, happiness, wealth, you name it. You're just as deserving, capable, and worthy as any other person on earth. But you must 
believe that and you must live in alignment with that. Mhm. Yeah, and it's got to sink in, you know. I mean, I when I was I've done the miracle morning probably 5 to 10 times now in the last, you know, a couple of weeks and I I love it and I'm really like committed. I want to just do it every single day and just see what opens up. And it's interesting how the in the affirmation portion of it how I'm reading the same thing over and over and over again, and sometimes it's not until like five minutes or six minutes into it that I, I actually start to really get what I'm reading, and it starts to sit, you know, sit in. It's really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> have so you had, I was gonna have say, people said that too? Yeah, yeah, that, and I was going to say that that is the key to overcoming rearview mirror syndrome. In order to create a new identity of unlimited possibilities, we've got to put it in writing. You can't trust yeah. your memory like you're going to remember and you're going to completely – like your, your rearview mirror, your subconscious mind is programmed. And it is – I mean, it's, you have to reprogram it. And you can't reprogram it by hearing something once, reading something once. Repetition is crucial. So yeah. part of the, the Miracle Morning is, you know, is, is affirmations. I go in detail on how to kind of create your own. And um, that's it. When, when you create a written affirmation that is – you basically get to – it's fun. You get to articulate – who you are, not based on who you were, but based on the unlimited possibilities that exist for you. And you create this exciting affirmation of who you are going to choose to be from now on. And uh, you read it. You, have to, you can't read it once, every single day, over and over and over. And you're literally reprogramming your subconscious mind only over time through daily repetition. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that you're getting the benefits of that, though, because affirmations are one of my favorite parts. And that's the power of this is that it's a daily practice. This is not an overnight fix kind of thing. This is like a daily practice in small chunks. And it's, if you do it every, every day, really, it's guaranteed you're going to find amazing things move in your life. Like, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually uh, – you, you've done it five, to, five or so times in the last couple of weeks. We've mm-hmm. got to get you on a 30-day challenge, Dr. Laura. <laughs> I know, um, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do yeah, it. There, there, and there is a link in the book, there's a free resources where you can actually go download, I haven't done that yet, for the 30-day challenge. Yes, get an accountability partner, that's crucial, but, okay. um, but yeah. My girl Camille, my friend Camille who was on the show last week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enroll her in that and we're going to do it together, so, <laughs> and I'll let yeah, you know how it, it goes. It's neat, you, you, you know, one of the things you asked me, kind of opening up the call is, what are the results that I've seen, or, you know, with the Miracle Morning, and I kind of got back into the how it all started, but... Um, if you go to Amazon, uh, if you go read the Amazon reviews, uh, there's 58 five-star reviews and one that came in this morning. I would encourage everyone to go read the review from uh, his, his username or whatever is B, the letter B, dash, rent, R-E-N-T, B, rent. It's the new, it's, it, as of now, it's the newest review. Um, but it, is, it's, it starts out by saying, when I found out about Hal's book, I thought, I don't need this. I already get up early and I do all that stuff, you know, yada, yada. Anyway, long story short, it's this really long, thoughtful, detailed review, Um, but my favorite line from the review is, he says, the largest measure of success for me is that my wife has been waking up with me. How Simple System has done in less than a week what I could not do in almost 10 years of marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was powerful, but, you know, I mean, yeah, so I I just, that review, but all the reviews on Amazon, you know, to me, that is, that's the measure of the impact. I read the reviews and I, I'm often almost brought to tears when I read yeah. things like just the impact that it's having, you know, and I'm sure you yeah. as a doctor, right, when you have a patient come back and tell you the impact that, you know, the changes that they're making as a result of things you've been working on, I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing. 
Yeah, and it's things you don't even expect, too. Sometimes you wonder how much of an impact you're actually having on people until you just get surprised at these just these feedbacks, and you're just like, wow. And it just pumps you up, and it keeps you going and, and being able to really serve people, right? Oh. All the time. I'm totally always like, I literally am, addi- I think I'm addicted to feedback. I'm like, a few days go by and I go withdraw. I'm like, am, do people really like me or are they, am I helping anybody? You know, like, I get all insecure. And, uh, and then I go read a review. I'm like, oh, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, right, people yeah. love me. People love me. Okay, people, uh, people are, yes. This, my work is doing some good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So but, what about those people who are listening going, okay, I do want to make some changes, but I'm just afraid. I'm afraid to succeed or I'm afraid to visualize. I'm afraid to, you know, create big changes in my life. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, it, it's a couple things. Number one is start small. You know, do baby steps, right? Like, you know, step one, get the book, right? There's nothing scary there. You, if you get the book, it's not, there's nothing scary, right? You do one step at a time. And I think that's, you know, when people have a fear, it's they fear the whole change as if it were going to happen overnight or as if they had to make it happen overnight. But that doesn't work that way. Like, for me, I had fear when it came to the miracle morning. Um, you know, I just, I, writing is not... Uh, it, it's just, it's, I don't know, I get a lot of writer's block. It's, uh, it's the fact that I'm a perfectionist. It takes me a long time, and I'll, I'll spend an hour on a paragraph, then I'll hate it and erase it. So <laughs> writing, like, it was a big aversion for me to, to write. And so, um, the you know, getting accountability is crucial. Um, it took me, I guess it was four years of working on the Miracle Morning, uh, and I only had, you know, like a chapter and a half done in four years. Then I hired a coach so that mm. I would have someone to hold me accountable and in four months, I finished the book. Awesome. So I accomplished more in four months with accountability than I accomplished in four years without it, right? Mm. So accountability is, is important, but taking small steps. And then, you know, the biggest thing, and this is, you know, this is the age-old wisdom, is, right, do the thing you fear, and the fear disappears. Mm. Um, fear is more in our mind than anything else. And rarely is the thing we're afraid of. Uh, you know, rarely does it actually manifest in any form that would really make the fear a reality. You know, it's it's we're afraid of it. Then we do it, and we're like, oh, well, I don't know why I was afraid, right? Right. And that, I think that goes back with the old, the only thing to fear is fear itself, because the actual activity that you're afraid of will actually produce positive results. It will actually make you feel good. You'll feel proud of yourself. You'll feel accomplished. So just do the thing you're afraid of and, and see what happens. And it's exhilarating to actually do something you're afraid of and come out on the other end. It is one of the best feelings in the world, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Every time you do it, you, you know you notch, you notch, a, uh, or uh, I think the phrase. I mean, you put a notch in your self-esteem, right? You add, Absolutely. you add a level to your self-esteem. In fact, I just mm-hmm. saw uh, Tony Robbins was on Piers Morgan the other night, and um, Tony Robbins said self-esteem is built by overcoming. It was. I don't know if that was the exact wording used, but overcoming things we're afraid of or overcoming things that are difficult to us, mm-hmm. that's how we build our self-esteem. So you have to, mm. you have to force, force the commitment. Mm, totally, totally. Couldn't agree more. So what about those people who are listening going, okay, I would love to have a morning ritual, but I can't get up that early. I'm not a morning person, and this will never, never work for me. What are, your, what are your thoughts for them? So um, a couple things. The, uh, well, first of all, I wasn't a morning person, right? And then mm-hmm. I heard my mentor say, if you want your life to be different, you have to be willing to do something different first. Uh, in fact, my, 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 my college buddy, Teddy, when he first heard the Miracle Morning audio like five years ago, he calls me up. He's like, dude, are you serious? You're getting up at four in the morning? He's like, I remember in college, I'd go over to your apartment at like noon, and you'd be in bed. You know, he's like, yeah, I can't believe this. Um, 
so uh, the, I, I teach a couple things, and the biggest thing, and, and by the way, you can. This is in the book, but it's also a free resource. If anybody wants to go to MiracleMorningBlog.com, so MiracleMorningBook.com takes you to Amazon. You can get the book. MiracleMorningBlog.com, you can get a free resource, which is in the book. But you know, if you're not going to get the book yet, you want to check this out first. You can scroll down on the right side of the blog. Look where it says My Favorite Post. The five-step snooze-proof wake-up strategy. So, I've being a coach, I, you can imagine the biggest, one of the biggest um, obstacles for people is I'm not a morning person. I hit the snooze button ten times. I can't, you know, like waking up is the hardest thing for me. So I had to develop. I'm like, okay, I need, you know, I started coaching people on how to do it, and I ended up developing this five-step strategy for making waking up easier than ever before. And I have, you know, I, I call them, including myself, recovering snoozeaholics. Right? Mm-hmm. We used to be addicted to the snooze button, but following these five steps, I've seen, I've seen the biggest snoozers completely <laughs> turn it around, and literally within a day or a week. I mean, really quickly. So um, check out the five-step snooze-proof strategy. Uh, and again, it's a free resource on the blog, or it is, you know, of course, there's a chapter in the book as well. Super cool. So um, I love the the, um, the the videos on the site, too. That was something I just, you know, before knew, knowing I was going to be interviewing you, I was kind of looking around and, you know, reading up on you and different things and was ro- watching the videos of just normal people, you know, doing the same the, the same ritual in the morning. It was really cool. I mean, people just like just totally lit up on fire. They're just like, I freaking love this. I love getting up in the morning now. <laughs> I know it's yeah, it's crazy. Well, and that's what part of what inspired the 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 book was that audio that I recorded. Um, I, uh, I I put it online, and I ended up I was on YouTube one day, and I was searching for one of my videos, and I you know put my name in or or Miracle Morning or something. I think I might have been searching Miracle Morning to see what else was out there, and I see this video that says Joe Diasana does the Miracle Morning or Joe does the Miracle Morning. And my first reaction was not positive. I was like, this is BS. I was like, who is this? Who is Joe? And who the hell does he think he is, like, stealing my Miracle Morning? I'm like, crap, I should have <laughs> trademarked it, you know? I'm, like, freaking out. And I click play, and you guys can go, you know, if you actually from search on the, the Miracle Morning blog website. But um, Joe Diasana, the video basically says, hey, my friend Brianna told me about her coach, Hal Elrod. I listened to this audio. I'm up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning. You're wondering what the heck is wrong with you. I am excited. It feels like Christmas. And he just goes off. And I'm like, and it, it was in that moment that I was like, wow, this is more than just my little morning routine. Like, mm-hmm. like th- th- this, this is huge, you know. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I saw the bigger vision that it was bigger than just me and telling my, you know, one-on-one coaching clients. You know, it was, it was actually yeah. needed to be, it needed to be, uh, you know, shared and spread throughout the country. Right, the right. World. So what gets you up in the morning, Hal? What has you pop up out of bed? Um, it's a thing called the miracle morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's my goals. I'm, I'm working on, and I don't know if this is actually a good thing, but I'm working on more things than I can possibly get done, <laughs> you know. And so um, for me, my miracle morning is, you know, it's, it's, a, a, it's a miracle morning on steroids. So there's the actual miracle morning, which is, um, for those of you that, you know, that don't know those practices, those six practices that I first tried on my first day, um, those are still the basis of the miracle morning. And um, I turned it, I, I used the thesaurus, to find words that could make a cool acronym, um, and uh, it's now called the Life Savers, because these are the six practices that are guaranteed to save you from 
the life that you're meant to live, you know, to save people from living a life of unfulfilled potential. And mm-hmm. the, the word ac- or the, the word savers is an acronym. So silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is a fancy word for writing, a.k.a. journaling. Um, and so the first hour from 4 a.m. to 5 a.m., I do the lifesavers. I do the, the actual miracle morning itself. And then mm-hmm. from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., I do planning, I do scheduling, I, I, I try to do my deep thinking and reflection to really gain heightened levels of clarity uh, and, and really make sure that I'm prioritizing my activities and my goals. And I spend up to an hour doing that. And then from mm. 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. is my execution time. That's when I'm, 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 I'm taking action on the most important projects that are going to make the biggest impact for me. And so by 8 a.m., I've gotten, you know, I've I've worked more on myself, my goals, and my dreams than I think most people do in, you know, in a, in a week or in a month. And mm-hmm. and that's not to brag. That's just to me the power of having that special time in the morning. So for me, what wakes me up is I've got I've got clearly defined goals. Um, I've got more than I can get even get accomplished. So it forces me to go like I, it creates urgency all the time. Yeah, and you started, you know, small, and you worked up. It's not like you started with you know, two hours, three hours. You started with an hour, and then it went from there, right? Well, yeah, I started with an hour, and I'm glad you said that because I, um, in the book, you know, there's a chapter. It's also on the blog in that in the, the my favorite post section. Um, again, so you can get it for free without buying the book if you don't want to buy the book. I want me, I want you guys to get value. I'm not, it's not, it's not buy the book unless you're ready. It's you know, get value. So the the <laughs> we website, the blog has some stuff. Um, the uh, it's funny. I, I I always like wonder how I was such a salesperson because I have like this aversion to trying to sell stuff. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's just the you know I get excited about stuff and people maybe get over on, it, Hal. Get over it, Hal. People want to yeah, support exactly. you, so just yeah, let it go. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know. I've yeah, got some. Funny. We, we we all have our issues, no matter what. I like know. we all have our issues. Even you. That's like when you were saying that at the beginning of the call. So, but but um, anyway. Oh, so I realized through this whole process that I needed a the miracle morning needed to be scalable. So I created the six minute miracle morning. And when you first hear that, you might go, yeah, right, like, you know, that's a gimmicky thing, like, like you could do, six minutes isn't going to do anything. Trust me, go read the six-minute miracle morning on the blog, and you'll be blown away. Like, it basically walks you through, imagine if the first six minutes of your day started like this. And it goes through this, you know, the lifesavers. You know, 60 seconds of silence where you got calm, you centered yourself. Maybe you said a prayer. Maybe you did 60 seconds of meditation. Maybe you just smiled and thought of what you were grateful for. Then you pulled out your affirmations. You read them for 60 seconds just one time through to feel empowered and inspired and remind yourself of what you're capable of. And then you visualize, right, you go through the whole thing. But literally in six minutes, you can have this incredible impact on your day. And so yeah. I created that because it's scalable and no one has an excuse. And I do that. When I got a huge deadline or a project, I don't do the one hour miracle morning. I do the six minute version. And I probably do that, you know, once or twice a week. I do a six minute miracle morning. Mm. Wow. Super cool. And it's something yeah. you just implement right away. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to work up to it. Just just start. Just do it. And yeah. and that's, that's such a different way that people start their day. Because I mean, most people, what, they press the snooze button a million times. They roll out of bed. they got to get their coffee. They think of yeah. how they don't want to go to work. They're 
yeah. you know, mad at themselves. They don't have a job where they can work for themselves or, you know, doing something they really love to do. I mean, that's like probably what the 95%, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And that's, and when, like when my life was sucking, meaning when I was depressed and I was out of shape and I was, you know, just, I just was just, as I say, a mess. I just felt like a mess. I was felt out of control, fearful, all of those things. At that time, when I first started the Miracle Morning, it was this gift that I was giving to myself because what happened is I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning. And when I did have a hard day and a stressful day, I couldn't wait to go to bed, but for a different reason. Now it yeah. wasn't, I can't wait to go to bed to escape my problems. Like, I can't wait to go to bed because then to I can wake, wake up. up and have that hour to myself where I feel good and my problems are they're they're not in you know I'm not we're focusing on them I'm focusing on solutions and growth and peace of mind right so yeah so it was amazing how instantly it immediately creates this hour of the day that becomes your favorite hour of the day yeah totally I, and in fact I think the worse off that your life situation is right now the the more impactful the miracle morning is immediately right right Right. Well, I'll tell you, the one that was the most impactful for me the first morning that I did it was the visualizations. That was like the most amazing experience of me just like, because I, I made a vision board. So I made a vision mm -hmm. board um, before the first of the year, which has never happened before. I've actually <laughs> never finished my vision board. It's the first time I've ever finished it. I finished it. It's actually pretty awesome looking. And <laughs> nice. I was sit, sitting there, I was looking at it, and I closed my eyes, and I just pictured each one of those things coming to fruition. And it was like the most amazing life I could ever imagine. It it was like it was just obviously just in my head, but I mean, all of that's possible, you know. The only yep. thing keeping me from doing that is me, you know. Yeah, but if so you don't visualize really it, if amazing. you don't focus on it, it it's never going to happen. It won't happen. And most people, exactly. They don't. Right. I would say focus is the bridge between a, a desire and reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And visualization yeah. is a, a vehicle for focus. Affirmations, vehicle for focus. Journaling, a vehicle for focus. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, so it's just adding all those different methods to focus on what you want, not thinking about and stressing about and worrying about what you don't want. And it just creates new new connections in your brain to where you become yeah. like this machine that you can fulfill on things in your life that you've always wanted to have that you never thought you could do it before. Yes, right? I like the way you, I like yes, so I like the way you I don't even that. know what I yeah. I don't even know what I just said, but it's new connections so in your brain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's the doctor totally you true. coming out. That's like that's very technical. <laughs> Well, that's really what so, it is. You know, we have we have different connections in our brain that has us think the same thoughts over and over and over and over again. And it's like a very strong muscle. Some people have a very strong muscle to think very negatively. Period. You know, yeah. so you create those new connections and then it just becomes it becomes a habit, right? It's that rearview mirror syndrome is that's what those connections are essentially, right? That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Rearview mirror syndrome exactly. is living from those connections where you're thinking the same thoughts and seeing the same version of yourself over and over and over again. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. Totally. So you can rewire your brain. So how are you a completely different human being now than you were before you started doing this practice? Um, I don't I wouldn't say I'm a completely different human being. I mean I'm definitely a better version of myself. Yeah. Um but uh but but I'll tell you my life situation. Right? I always say that there's and I think I mentioned that in the book, that there's, you know, when someone you go to the grocery store, people go, How's life? And people go, oh, it's it, it is it's great or it's crummy or whatever. They're they're really responding to how not how is life but how is their life situation, right? right? They're looking at their circumstances and that's what they're forming the response on. But your life is so much more than just the set of circumstances that surround you. It's you, really you are your life, who you are at your core. That is your life. So for me, 
I, I became a better version of myself, so I improved. But my life situation, right, because I, I became a level 10 person, or if you will, or I, I'm striving for that all the time, my, my level of success in my outer world, you know, just kept growing and improving and increasing, and it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And I haven't stopped growing and I haven't stopped improving and I haven't stopped doing the Miracle Morning. So I'm seeing that I, keep, I, I just keep trying to get better and better and read book after book after book. And because of that commitment each morning, that, that hour, it's one hour a day. Everything I've ever wanted is either has happened or, you know, is, is continuing to happen. I mean, it's amazing. Mm, so cool. Thank you so Thanks. much for sharing that with us, Hal. Yeah, it's super cool. It's super, super cool. And I know everybody's nodding and they're getting a lot out of it. So I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, any, any parting words for our listeners before we let you go? Um, you know what? I will. My, my, my life motto, it's the theme of my first book, and it's love the life that you have while you are creating the life of your dreams. So in other words, don't think it's one or the other. Most people, uh, you know, they're, they, they think they can't love the life they have until they have the life of their dreams, right? Or, or, yeah. most pe- or there's some people that, you know, that, and this is good, but, you know, they're like, I like my life the way it is. And it's really, you know, they're, 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 they're generally happy, but they're settling and they're r- robbing the world of the impact that they could have if they were to strive to create, you know, more for themselves and more for the world. So I just think that those two things, those are the two, kind of the duality of the practical purpose of life. Love the life you have because it's the only life you have. Don't wait for something else, but create the life of your dreams and set the example for everyone around you that we can have, be, and do anything that we we dedicate ourselves to. Mm. Amen, brother. I love it. Thank you so much, Hal. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. I really, really appreciate it. Definitely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you updated on my miracle my miracle month. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Please do, please do. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. How? Thanks. All right, Dr. Lauren. Talk right. to you soon. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right, you guys. That's the Miracle Morning Show. I'd love it if you guys would want to um, try the program and let me know how it goes too. We can all kind of hold each other accountable. Check me out, drlaurennoel.com. You can always write to me on there and give me updates on how you're doing, how you're liking the show, feedback you have, any you know suggestions for guests you'd like to hear. And um, check out MiracleMorning.com. And uh, next week's show, we'll be talking to Melanie Vassar all about natural skin care and how you can have super lustrous skin, all naturally, all non-toxic, all organic and natural ingredients. So we can um, give you guys some great tips next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. All right, you guys, take care. Have a great week. Bye-bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.